This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Citizen Capital Studios in Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Yes, Sam, I'm recording. Sometimes you don't. It has happened before where I forget to hit the record button. Usually catch it at some point in the show, though. Well, no one would have known uh, who was just listening. People on our live stream knew because yeah. I was pointing at the at the soundboard. But you let everyone at home not watching. You let them know. You let them know. I, so. like, I like to give the people at home a little tease of what's going on if they were to be watching the stro- show on the live stream which they can do by becoming a Patreon subscriber. Five bucks a month, get to watch the show. You also get to read the zine. The zine just dropped, so uh, be sure to uh, check that out. We talk about a little bit of a setback in McDonald's franchisees, war against people who want to make a decent minimum wage. What else do we talk about? We got uh, a story in there about... uh, Influencers, per, per, the what are they called? Persuaders. Yeah, the the persuader rule, the influencer rule. Yeah, these are these are what people. These are when employers are looking to bust up a union. They sometimes seek the help of outside union busting firms. And the Obama administration passed a rule that showed that they have to disclose that when they do. Well, that rule was repealed by the Trump administration. So, uh, pay no attention to the union buster behind the curtain. It's not just that they uh, engage these people for advice. Sometimes the law firms provide material like uh, pamphlets, literature, uh, videos. And basically what the rule said was, hey, if if you're doing this, I think your workers should know where this stuff is coming from. And there are other sorts of disclosures uh, that have to be made and in the course of American business. Like if you lobby... For example, uh, there are certain disclosures you have to file if, if you're doing lobbying on Congress. Right. But, but the Trump administration said this was attorney. This is cl- attorney-client privilege. They're restoring. <laughs> this is Trump restoring attorney-client privilege that he was. Uh, is it attorney-client or client? It's attorney-client. It's attorney-client. Yeah, attorney-client. <laughs> so yeah, that story in there. We got a story about uh, more more tariff news. So it's up. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel right now. Read the zine. Did I mention? The zine is actually, for the record, only $3 yeah, it's a true. month. It's true. But if you do if you, if you do $5, you get the podcast and the zine. Yeah, you get we, them both. And you get your own haiku right on the air on this show. And we've got some haikus to read right now. This one is for Jonathan. Bears love that honey. My question is, how do they deal with sticky paws? Thank you, Jonathan. This is for Tim. Find out the hard way. Don't fuck with librarians on Twitter.com. Thank you, Tim. 
that dipshit at Forbes who wrote the uh, article saying Amazon should replace the library. He he found out. He Pretty fu- dumb take. He fucking found out. Yeah. Econ professor. Anyway. Finally, this one is for neighbor science. Wood stacked on my lawn again. First kick Rand's ass, then run experiments. Thank you, neighbor science. Yes. yes. Thank you, neighbor science. And thank you to all our new subscribers on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash district sentinel feel good knowing you help keep our little news co-op in washington dc running it's monday july 23rd 2018 here's the news our president being mad online is honestly as we've mentioned on this show one of his most relatable qualities But when he's mad online at another country, it can get pretty fucking scary. Late Sunday night, Trump fired off this doozy of a tweet directed at the leader of Iran, Hassan Rouhani. Quote, never, ever threaten the United States again or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. (laughs) Nothing like threatening war over our favorite microblogging site. I've been mad online a lot over the last few days. I've gotten in some fights with people online. I've never used language quite like this because you immediately look unhinged and you're losing the fight. Yeah. This is how you lose a Twitter fight and likely how you lose a war too. Yeah. Yeah. You know that if Trump uh if if Trump ever declares war, it's it's first going to be on Twitter and then his cabinet is going to have to figure out whether or not he actually meant it. Yeah, can't wait for that. Trump was reportedly responding to claims Rouhani made the day before when Rouhani stated that, quote, America should know that peace with Iran is the mother of all peace and war with Iran is the mother of all wars. I'd like to focus on the peace part of that first half. Yeah. I'd I'd like the mother of all peace here. (laughs) Trump wanted to focus on the second half of that statement. There was a belief earlier on that the president, President Trump, was just firing off tweets and that the administration would walk back the hawkish statements. But Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders and National Security Advisor John Bolton both came out and supported the tweet. Of course, John Bolton did. He's been trying to invade Iran for a couple decades now. Just a reminder that the chances of conflict with Iran had been diminished with the signing of the Iran nuclear deal under the Obama administration. But earlier this year... Trump announced he'd pull out of that deal. And last week, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was caught on tape bragging that he was the one who convinced Trump to nix the pact. If only Americans were concerned about foreign powers influencing the White House toward war as they are toward peace. The only thing that gives me hope here, this is basically how... Uh, President Trump's uh, outreach to North Korea started. It is, yeah. <laughs> by, by by threatening to destroy them on Twitter. Yeah. Congresswoman Barbara Lee formally announced she would seek the Democratic Caucus chair. It's the fourth-ranked position in the House leadership hierarchy. The spot is currently held by the outgoing Joe Crowley. 
Hell yeah, this is good news. The rep from Northern California released a statement today announcing her candidacy. Lee said, quote, whether it's working across the aisle to enact HIV AIDS or bringing the Sanders and Clinton Clinton campaigns together, my career has been dedicated to finding common ground and delivering results. Lee is best known for casting one of the most brave votes in the history of the U.S. legislature, if you can even really measure that. She was the only member of Congress to vote against war powers authorization 48 hours after 9-11. Lee said she was concerned the legislation was too vague and received death threats in response. The bill has since been used to justify military operations against militant groups that didn't even exist on 9-11. Also, the Syrian government, which uh, you can say it's done a lot of bad shit, but certainly has not done 9-11. Has that going for it. Zero nine elevens uh, by Bashar al-Assad, at least in terms of... Uh, anyway, meanwhile, <laughs> dampen the Barbara Lee enthusiasm because current House Dem leadership was out today touting the party's economic agenda ahead of the midterms. Here was House Minority Whip Steny Hoyer speaking at a WeWork in <laughs> DuPont Circle. We need to raise wages including a long overdue increase in the minimum wage. We need to make health care more affordable and stop government corruption that worsens inequality. Those are the core principles of House Democrats for the People platform for 2018. Making health care affordable instead of a human right. Worked so well when Obama tried it. Mm. And Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton. Also, inequality, by the way, got worse under the Democrats. So, yeah. I, I mean, Hoyer is not making the case. You could make the case that, ipso facto, Democrats are also corrupt because inequality got way worse under Obama. But, I don't know, trying to uh, frame everything as, as just Trump is the problem and uh, everything was fine before that. Anyway... Never fear, because Hoyer also made sure to praise unions. Here he is talking up America's labor organizers. I've always said that if Democrats want to be the party of workers, we also must be the party of employers. We must restore balance and have a Congress that partners with both labor and management. Incredibly stirring message there. I would, I would rather die groveling on my feet than live on my knees. It won't surprise you to learn that today Hoyer also praised entrepreneurship as a solution to people's problems. Duh, just do more entrepreneurship. That's why you can't afford the rent or health care. Not Hoy entrepreneuring enough. <laughs> Hoyer also said wages are being driven lower by, quote, the skills gap. As FDR once said, the only thing we have to fear is is not enough people getting STEM degrees. Not enough people entrepreneuring. This entre won't preneur itself, okay? <laughs> the Interior Department is ignoring reality so that it can shrink national monuments. Documents that were accidentally released to the public show how Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke and his aides suppressed information about the benefits of national monuments in order to justify handing protected lands over to ranchers, loggers, and energy developers. The Washington Post obtained the documents earlier this month. A day later, they were redacted by the department, which noted that prior copies were accidentally released. <laughs> FOIA officers cited the deliberative process for why information within the documents should be withheld. 
And the records do show the deliberative process, mainly department staffers setting aside information like estimates proving increased tourism revenue at national monuments or analyses that showed less vandalism occurred at national monuments. Also ignored data that fishing operations didn't suffer any setbacks as a result of new national monument regulations. Zinke's team also deliberately chose not to consider information that monuments attract tourism and spur archaeological discoveries. Zinke's team really going out of its way to justify the Trump administration's push to shrink our environmental treasures. Already, by the way, Trump has succeeded in reducing the size of two monuments in Utah, Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante. Zinke, meanwhile, has found himself the subject of at least 11, 11 formal investigations into his conduct at the Interior Department. Many of those probes are still underway. Finally, the norms, folks. They're broken. No! Today, Senator Rand Paul said that John Brennan's security clearance should be revoked. The ex-CIA director retains his active credentials, as all recently former top intelligence officials do. But Paul thinks Brennan should be stripped of his clearance for constantly bashing the Trump administration. Today, the lawmaker tweeted, quote, Is John Brennan monetizing his security clearance? Is John Brennan making millions of dollars divulging secrets to the mainstream media with his ta- with his attacks on at real Donald Trump? <laughs> it always still tickles me that the president's handle is uh, at real Donald Trump. Paul added, quote, today I will meet with the president and I will ask him to revoke John Brennan's security clearance. Well, the meeting happened and afterwards the White House said it would look into the matter, not only for Brennan, but other officials, too. In a press conference today, press secretary... Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders said the following people could be stripped of clearances. Brennan. Guilty. James Comey. Guilty. George W. Bush CIA Director Michael Hayden. Guilty. Obama National Security Advisor Susan Rice and his head of DNI James Clapper. Guilty. Literally guilty of lying to Congress. Well, not literally guilty, but he literally did lie to Congress. Also, former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe. Guilty. The push, <laughs> the push from Paul comes after John Brennan went on cable news right after Trump's press conference with Putin. Obama's CIA director encouraged top officials in the Trump administration to resign, and Brennan also called the press conference treasonous. Look, I don't know if these officials are using their security clearances to get information to bash Trump. Uh, quite frankly, I don't care if we strip them of their clearance. And I don't think, by the way, that you need secret information to criticize Trump, who's just fucking ass on the face of it uh, on his own. That said, the former head of the CIA should not should not be going on TV to attack an elected official. I think that's way worse and our shithead president criticizing intelligence agencies, not the intelligence agencies, never attack the intelligence agencies. But I think a fucking ex-CIA head attacking an elected official, a civilian official, the optics, as they say, they're, they're not good. Brennan should really yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah, he definitely should. And the, the bad thing here is Trump's targeting political enemies here. Not that he's looking to strip... Uh, access to top secret information from former government employees, former intelligence people, because they should not have their security clearance. There's no reason why the government should underwrite them by giving them security clearances, which then become more lucrative jobs on the private sector for them or allow them to secure these gigs on MSNBC and something to go on and yeah. Yeah, it, speculate about shit. I don't know. I mean, McCabe and Comey, f- for my money, they they should be able to talk about Trump firing them. That's fine, but like, 
in so far as fucking John Brennan going on TV and always like the for- the ex CIA head. Yeah. Jesus Christ, dude, shut the fuck up. Yeah, if, if these guys uh these guys get taken down a peg, who really gives a shit? That's the newscast for today. It's almost 4:20, 4:19 right now at the time of this recording, so burn them if you got them. <laughs> While you do that, let's check out the old Listener rant line. Hey, y'all. This is Lupe from Mississippi. I'm just calling with a tiny little complaint for you boys. See, now, I've been paying $15 a month for quite some time now via your Patreon. And in return, y'all are supposed to be in D.C. so that I don't have to be. But today I found out I got to go to work. I got to go to work in D.C. next month, and I am pissed. Now, y'all can keep my money, and yes, I'll keep paying my $15 a month because, for one, I'm a baller. And for two, unlike some people listening, I actually give a shit about seeing Sam Sachs punch that man in Orleans. <laughs> now, y'all have a good day now, you hear? Thank you for the call, Lupe. Thank you, Lupe. I'm sorry that you have to come to D.C., but also, you know, that's cool you're in D.C. Give us a shout. Hey boys, it's uh, Greg in Cincinnati, and I just wanted to let you know that I learned some valuable praxis on Twitter.com this week. Um, if you come from an affluent family, you have to go full Steph Molyneux and totally fucking cut yourself off from them and reject everything they've ever given you, otherwise you're not a true leftist. Um, so, hey, you know, great fucking website. <laughs> not as if these people put in the same position when, I don't know, do the exact same thing and hopefully come to the same conclusion and have a leftist ideology. But most likely, these pricks in the same position would become fucking right-wing reactionaries or think that their birth was some some fucking amazing result of their talent. Anyway, keep up the good work, and uh, I don't know. The left can do better when we want to criticize affluence. Um, you know, being born into a family is one thing. Acting like a douchebag if you come from money, yeah, then you should be ostracized. But, uh, you know, we have no choice in which fucking sperm wins. So uh, don't blame the jizz, you fucking assholes. Don't blame the jizz. I certainly can. I'm I'm a fourth-generation Marxist, so I don't agree with any of that. Not at all referring to any online drama over the past week there. Hi. It's former ambassador to the Russian Federation, Michael McFaul. I heard you Russian Twitter trolls belittling me uh, what was an especially traumatizing few hours for me. I was terrified when I learned that I could be extradited to Russia from my beautiful, sunny home in Palo Alto. While I'm not having my students edit my book and call it a class, I have been a staunch defender of my country against the incursion of the Russian Medved. That means bear in Russian. <laughs> Thankfully, my base of working class heroes like Hillary and Madeline have come to defend my honor while our President Cheeto continues to besmirch the dignity of these beautiful United States of America. My supporters, like the National Review, will never let Russia and its army of RT Putin bots like you take me alive. Long live the hashtag resistance. Long live my NBC contract. 
I'm just imagining all these former uh, esteemed diplomats sitting around a table, like griping about Trump and sharing what names they call him, and like yeah. McFall being like, "Well, I call him President Cheeto," and, I, <laughs> and someone else being like, "I call him Mango Mussolini," or whatever. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Mister Ambassador. All right, one last call. Hey guys, it's Dude Slater calling with the weekend update on the White Sox Takashi Six Nine front, <laughs> as well as some personal news. Um, first, the White Sox uh, lost two out of three in Seattle, but on Saturday they took a a very fun game on the strength of um, a, a very good pitching performance from Dylan Covey and a great catch from Larry Garcia. On the Six Nine front. The rapper was recently kidnapped, robbed of thousands of dollars of jewelry, and uh, pistol whipped, and and subsequently hospitalized. Um, get well soon, six nine. And uh, lastly, the personal news is on on Sunday I uh, trolled conservative Twitter. I posted a picture of um, Twitter personality uh, Big Dave um, holding the barbed wire baseball bat, I believe, from the TV show Walking Dead. Um, and, and I captioned it, um, I'm, I'm going to meet all the nice conservative teens at the high school leadership conference, you know, hashtag HSLS uh, 2018. And for some reason, all these Second Amendment open carry supporters were, were very much opposed to this, the very idea of uh, Big Dave holding a baseball bat. Um, you will not believe some of the mentions that I've gotten because of this. Um, that's the Dude Slater update. Peace out. There it is, the Dude Slater update. Dude Slater update. I wonder what Dude Slater and other baseball fans who listen to this show include, and you, quite frankly, because I don't think we've talked about this yet. What's up with the the Milwaukee fans giving a standing ovation to the pitcher who got caught with the racist tweets? Josh Hader, yeah. I don't know. That that was pretty... Pretty disgusting. Pretty disgusting, yeah. I agree. Uh... I will not defend Milwaukee Brewers fans or St. Louis Cardinals fans. Not that people are going to get mad for putting them in the same category, but I don't give a shit. That is the show. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Sponsors include the Congressional Dish podcast hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com, another sponsorlevelnews.org, and Citizen Capital. Find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. Also, subscribe on Patreon. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Five bucks a month gets you access to bonus content. You can watch the live stream of this show. You get haikus. And you get to read our zine, which just came out. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Newscast returns tomorrow. We're in D.C. So you don't have to be.